This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hola, bienvenidos, buongiorno, welcome one and all to a brand spanking new episode of the Low Life Podcast. I'm your flaming hot and spicy, green tea sipping, target overspending, mushroom eating, and hallucinating <laughs> hot mess of a host, Lorenzo von Rumpf. And I'm so happy to be here with you today. I hope you're having a great week and you're feeling good. If you're feeling stressed, though, overwhelmed, anxious, depressed, Life is just not working for you this week. I get it. I've been there. That was me two weeks ago. I'm feeling much better right now. But don't you worry, boo-boo. Don't you fret. You have come to the right place. We're about to turn that frown upside down. We got a great show in store for you today. This is going to be a solo episode. We're getting back to our roots. That's how I started this podcast back in the day. It was the pandemic. My gay ass went back into the closet and uh, <laughs> I would just record with a mic in darkness and talk about my octopus teacher and Netflix documentaries that I was obsessed with. And I was just trying to keep myself from not going into a downward spiral, trying to keep myself out of a dark place during the pandemic. We've come a long way since then, but I do still love doing my solo episodes. You guys loved them back then. That's how we started this podcast, and we're still continuing to do them today. And I like to spice things up, keep things fresh here. Sometimes it's going to be three guests, maybe just two or a one-on-one, -on -one, just me and you type of a podcast, which is how we started this show. So it's nice to go back to our roots once in a while. Before we get into this week's topic, let's talk about mental health. Nobody asked, but my mental health score this week, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a shitty Spirit Airlines flight, you have food poisoning, you're sweating off yourself, Tanner, and you just feel like you're going to die. I've had that experience happen to me. It wasn't a Spirit Airlines flight. I think it was Southwest. Oh, it was the worst. <laughs> that would be a solid one for me. A 10 on the mental health scale would be a first class ticket. You have your little pod. Let's say it's one of those fancy schmancy airlines like United Emirates, something like that. They give you the hot towel. You could stretch out, fall asleep. You have cozy blankets. That is definitely a 10. I'm not there, but uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm going to rate myself an 8.5, which is like a Delta... Economy comfort, not quite first class, but I do have extra leg room. It's nice. And let's say the person sitting next to me, they didn't show up. And so I have the seat all to myself next to me, which is great. That's how I'm feeling right now. Economy comfort with leg room, feeling pretty damn good. There are a few contributing factors to my happiness this week. The first one is the fact that I've been actually sleeping. Oh, I am so miserable if I'm not getting good quality sleep. So that's really helped me. Also drinking water. I'm doing the 75 hard challenge. I did mess up though. I had Rice Krispies and a bunch of other shit and had alcohol, which I hadn't had in a really long time. I hadn't had anything to drink this year. 2023, I hadn't had anything since December of last year, but little Judy was in town. My Canadian Maple Delight, Miss Caitlin Bristow, she flew in last week, was with me for three days. Quick trip, but it was worth drinking for. <laughs> I love having wine with her. It was so much fun. I was on her podcast. Oh yeah, I was on Off the Vine. I did like three or four episodes with her. One has already come out. And then we have another few episodes that I co-hosted with an additional guest. And so, yeah, if you want some more low life, head over to Off the Vine because you'll find me there with her. I have so much fun when she comes into town. It's my favorite thing. The friendship that we have is effortless. 
That's why I love this friendship so much because it doesn't require a lot of effort. Like we both know what we're going to get. We laugh together. I mean, her wit is amazing. And so when we're together, it's just back and forth like a little ping pong match. The wit Olympics, if you will. (laughs) We both have pretty sharp tongues and we just laugh and have a good time. And so I love podcasting with her, love hanging with her. And when she came into town, I took her, her producer, Madison and Alicia, uh, they were with her and we all went to a drag show. One of my girlfriends, oh, I love Haley Arantia from the Goldbergs, friend of the show. She's been on several episodes. We love Haley. And so Haley was co-hosting an event with Seth Rogen, actually. <laughs> it was at Hamburger Mary's, which is a famous gay bar, iconic, actually. There's one in New York. I think there's one in Texas as well. Hamburger Mary's are several locations, but it's this famous gay bar. They have drag shows and they were hosting a bingo night. Seth Rogen, Haley was also going to be calling bald numbers out. Oh, Manny MUA. Do you guys know who that is? He's a YouTuber. It was really funny. I've watched some of his videos. Anyway, there was a bunch of celebrities and they were there for a good cause to benefit Alzheimer's relief. They had prizes. And so we were playing bingo. Caitlin and Alicia came with us and we were just having a great time. The drinks are so strong. If you order a double at one of these gay bars, any gay bar in West Hollywood, but specifically Hamburger Mary's. Oh, they pour the drinks very generously. And so we ordered a double tequila lime soda and it came in this big fishbowl goblet. I was like, oh shit, I'm about to be hammered. (laughs) So (laughs) we were feeling pretty damn good. We had a great time at the drag show. It was a late night. Then we went back to the hotel And little Judy and I are in her hotel room, and she loves when I give her foot rubs. That's the thing. I have these healing hands. I do give great massages. I get why she always asks me to give them to her. When we were living together in the sky cage during Dancing with the Stars, her ass was getting all beat up, coming back bruised with broken ribs and sprained ankles and shit. She was feeling terrible rehearsing for Dancing with the Stars. And so I was giving her foot rubs and CBD massages all the time, and she loves it. And so when we got back to the hotel, she's like, Lo, will you give me a little massage, a little foot rub? I said, sure, of course I will. So just to give you a little context, we had the drinks at the drag show, laughing, having a great time, went back to the hotel, took an edible. So now I'm four drinks deep about to land on Mars. And so I didn't know how long this massage would last, but (laughs) I tried to the best of my abilities. So she's laying on the bed and her feet are on top of my lap. And I started dozing off because, well, I was exhausted. Plus, I was a bit cross-faded by this point. And so I stopped rubbing her for a second. And she gave me a little stirrup kick like I was a horse. (laughs) She didn't realize that that little kick was right to my nutsack. (laughs) So I was like, what the f***? Anyway, I started busting up laughing. She was cracking up too. Let me give you a little glimpse into a night with little Judy. And you can understand why I f***ing love her so much. Rams her heel. <laughs> hey, like fucking stirrups. Like I'm a horse. Might as well, your little fucking heels. <laughs> hey, get back to work. The job ain't finished. Gotta finish me off. my That's our friendship in a nutshell. Her kicking me in the nuts and then us laughing about it. (laughs) 
I had so much fun. The best night. Loved every moment of it. I'll be in Nashville with her very soon, actually, in the next couple of weeks. Oh, I'm going to the Kentucky Derby. Yes. I've never been. I've heard about it, obviously. It's a really famous thing to go to, but I'd never thought in my lifetime that would be something that I would ever do. And so I'm going with her and Jason. It's going to be the three of us, our little pod. We're going to go to Kentucky and watch horses. And I'm sure Jason will be betting money on that shit. So that'll be fun. I'll be podcasting about that experience. And then I'm going to be spending about a week in Nashville. I'm flying to Nashville to go see Janet Jackson. Oh, I love Janet Jackson. If you happen to be in Nashville and you're going to the Janet Jackson show, slide into my DMs because I will be there. Little Judy and I are going. We are Big Janet Jackson fans. And so we're also going to see Taylor Swift as well, which will be fun. But I'm more excited for Janet because I've been listening to her music and performing for my family since I was in diapers. And so I'm looking forward to that trip. Some great podcasts out of that one. Stay tuned for that content. But getting to hang with the best friend and take edibles and go to Mars together is one of my favorite things to do and instantly is a mental health upgrade for me. I have my questions of the week for my low lifers. Okay, the first question, and this is something I've been talking about with a lot of my friends, it has to do with the topic of parenting, which I'm not a parent, but I talked about it briefly on last week's show, mommy shaming specifically, because I was mommy shamed and I told my story and I was so brave <laughs> to share my fucking mommy shaming story with you guys. And I want to hear more of your mommy shaming story. So please, if you do have a mommy shaming story, Drop it in the review section of Apple Podcasts because I'm doing a whole episode on mommy shaming for Mother's Day, which is May 14th. In the United States, it's May 14th. So the mommy shaming episode, this is a great topic that I knew nothing about. Very curious about that. And so if you have a great story or you know of someone who has a story, you want to nominate them, drop their handle and drop the story in the review section of Apple Podcasts. I'll be picking the top winners, the stories that I'm sharing, and those people will get a special Mother's Day gift. But on the subject of parenting, after talking about that, people have been asking me if I want to be a parent one day. And I was like, oh, wow, I never really gave it that much thought. I would love to be a parent. I think I would be a good parent. I love kids. I'm good with them. I'm a cancer crab, and I've been the babysitter of my family, oh my God, forever. Like I was always the one that would have to watch the kids, like be the babysitter, the big brother type of vibe, the daddy, if you will. And so, yeah, I'm great with kids, babies, infants. I'm very comfortable around them. But I don't know if I would want one anytime soon. <laughs> so I don't know. I have to give it some more thought. Maybe down the line, that's something that I would consider because I do think being a parent is a beautiful thing. And I would love to raise a little low or Lola one day. But kids are a lot of work. And once you have a kid, your entire life changes in a great way, in a positive way, but also, you know, there's a lot that comes with it. And so financially, that's one thing I think about a lot. I'm like, damn, here in Los Angeles and California in general, having a kid and with school and everything, like it, it adds up. And so I'd want to be in a good financial place where I could send my kid to boarding school. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'd send that little brat to boarding school. It depends. But I just, you know, I'd want to be financially in a really good place so I wouldn't have to worry about like tuition, shit like that. But I know for all of my friends who have kids, they all say there's never a right time. There's never the perfect time to have a kid. You just got to do it, low. But I'm like, I get what you're saying. Like, there's never the ideal perfect time. But I could plan for it a little bit better. 
And so if I'm in a good financial place, I got the podcast going, the career styling, like my clients are like my freaking kids right now. They require a lot of time and energy and they are my number one priority because I'm trying to build something great, my business and also this podcast. And so, yeah, kids aren't really on my radar right now, but I love other people's kids and I'm down to be the fun uncle that visits and spoils them. And I love that journey for me right now. But as people have been asking me, am I interested in having kids and starting a family? I was on a date not too long ago. And this guy was like, are you down to have a family one day? Do you want children? And I thought, wow, this is very forward of you. Let's start off with some appetizers first, shall we? Jesus, I don't want to start planning my life with you. I just want to start with some guacamole. But I get it. It's at the front of a lot of people's minds. And if that's something that you really want, it's fair to bring it up. And why not? But I will say I was pleasantly surprised to see how many of my girlfriends specifically Some of them want kids. I get that. And they want to start a family one day and they love children and want to have a few of their own or even just one. But the majority of the girlfriends that I was talking to when asked about children were a bit up in the air. Like they didn't know if they ever wanted to have kids and they were completely fine with that. Little Judy, Caitlin Bristow, she said the same thing to me. She's like, "Mm, I don't know. I love kids, but I don't know if I'm going to have them. And I get why. Like there are a lot of factors contributing to why women are a little bit like, "Mm, I don't know if that's necessarily the journey for me. I know some women have been shamed for not wanting to have kids. Like that's the thing too, especially if you're from like a smaller town or you're very religious, like having kids, like that equates to value for women. Like if you don't have kids, like what are you doing with your life? Which is so fucked up because there's a lot of other things you could do with your life. It's not all about having kids. Granted, love my queens out there who are having babies. My breeders, God bless you. You're raising kids and building up this next generation of, of leaders out there. That is incredible and a miracle all in itself, truly. But I do appreciate the fact that it's 2023 and just based on the friends that I've talked to and clients who I've asked about it who don't even have kids, they don't plan on having kids. They're completely cool with it and it's not a big deal at all. It's a choice that you could make in life and you don't have to be shamed for not having kids. You can live an incredible, fulfilled, beautiful life with or without kids. And there are queens like, I looked it up, Marissa Tomei, Oprah Winfrey, doesn't have kids. Jen Aniston, Helen Mirren, Kim Cattrall, Rachel Ray, Chelsea Handler, Queen Stevie Nicks, Betty White, oh, the late Betty White, Renee Zellweger, Lily Tomlin, and my favorite of them all, Miss Dolly Parton. They don't have kids and they're living their best lives. And all of those women in separate interviews have all said they don't regret it. It's not something that was in the cards for them and they're completely fine with it. They love kids. They just didn't want to have any of their own. So that's my question of the week for my kings and queens, specifically for the women who are listening to this, because they have to deal with a lot more stigma and shame than men get. If men decide not to have kids, they want to pull a Clooney and not have a kid till you're like 60. People are like, oh, we get it. He's elusive and he's a catch and he's, you know, a forever bachelor. Like people don't even think twice about an unmarried man in his 50s or 60s who doesn't have kids. Women, on the other hand, the societal pressure, the judgment and the unnecessary bullshit that comes along with being a queen in society. It's a lot sometimes. And so I'd love to ask the question to you. Do you want to have kids? Have you ever felt pressure to have a kid from your family, friends, your partner, that sort of a thing? If you don't want to have kids, is there a specific reason why you're making that choice? Or is it just not something that you're into? I'll be using your responses as research for my Mother's Day episode. All right, let's get into today's conversation Again, it's a solo mission, 
So today's topic is not one that I chose. I'm giving the low lifers what they want. You guys chose the topic, and today it's all about party planning, event coordinating, decor on a budget, throwing a beautiful party that feels very elevated and chic, but not breaking the bank, stretching out that budget, so doing a bit of a design on a dime type of a feel. Let me preface this conversation by saying I am not a professional party planner. That's not something I would actually want to do. I love throwing an event, hosting a party, love it for my friends and family, but I wouldn't want to do it for strangers. And I have mad respect for somebody who wants to get into that line of work because it is not easy. You have to be organized, always staying five steps ahead and be a bit of a psychologist because you're dealing with a lot of different personalities and vendors and the client. So yeah, that's not something that interests me to do professionally, but I love doing it in my own personal life. I don't have all the answers. I've made a lot of mistakes along the way, had some learning lessons, a bit of a learning curve, but now I've been party planning and helping my mom, who is definitely steering this ship. When it comes to party planning, throwing an event, nice dinners, birthdays, anniversaries, weddings even, she is the go-to in the family. She's taught me everything that I know, and I've just watched her for the last decade. And so as I've gotten older, the older I got, the more responsibilities that I got. So now... Her and I are pretty much tag-teaming the situation together when it comes to hosting an event, Christmas, holidays, any birthdays, that sort of thing. And she has it down to a science, and there's sometimes when I'm throwing it and hosting, I'm like, okay, I don't want to spend a ton of money. So I've had to learn how to cut corners and stretch my dollar in the best way possible without the party feeling cheap and tacky. I want to keep it chic and elevated always, even if I am only working with a limited budget. So I got a lot of questions from people who are throwing events or hosting parties or even from people who don't host parties, like that's not your thing. You're still going to get something great out of this episode because sometimes even if that's not something that you're interested in doing, I will say creatively, it's fun to challenge yourself once in a while. And when you do have the opportunity where you do have to host or take the reins and plan something, you'll feel better equipped to go into that situation after hearing this episode. All right, so let's get into it. Without further ado, let's get into today's very special Mexican Martha Stewart Boot the Party Planning solo mission. Hit it. I was reading your questions in the Low Life Facebook group. By the way, if you haven't joined the Low Life Facebook group, it is popping off. It is a safe place. Join the Hot Mess Express. There's a link in the description of this episode. My kings and queens in the Low Life Facebook group, I love you. I always get great advice from you, feedback for the show. They'll throw guest suggestions. You should have this person on low or talk about this on the show. And I just love keeping the conversation going, and I'm able to do that in the Low Life Facebook group. So based on those questions you guys were asking me, and then also people who were sliding into my DMs, I compiled them all on a spreadsheet, and I was able to kind of get a good idea of like, okay, this is what people are wanting to hear. This is what's going to help them so they can put their best foot forward as a host of their own party. And so I have five fundamental secrets, if you will, or the five fundamental guidelines. It's a blueprint. This is going to be the party planning blueprint. If you want to be able to throw an event, have a party, not feel broke after it, and actually enjoy yourself, and everybody will be talking about it, being like, that was such a great party. Oh, my God, I loved it. This is the blueprint to get you there. All right, so 
These are the five secrets, if you will, but they're not really secrets. It's just five things that have helped me, but I've really fucked up along the way and I've had to learn my lessons the hard way sometimes. And so, <laughs> so you don't have to do that. I'm going to break it down for you right now. So my first lesson or rule, like, what should I call these? The five commandments of party planning? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's cute. We're just coming right off of Easter too with Jesus Cristo. Let's call it that. The five commandments of the perfect party planner. So the first one for me is letting go of perfectionism. And I made this number one because I just recently didn't take my own advice because sometimes I get so bogged down in the details and wanting everything to be so beautiful and seamless and the decor to be flawless and chic and elevated that I forget the whole point of even having a party, hosting an event, having family and friends over is so they could have a good time. And so the perfect example of this was Easter. So we're having it at my parents' house. I'm in charge of the decor, some desserts, and a few appetizers and stuff. But I had to take on all the decor, and there was a lot to decorate because my mom wants it to feel like the freaking Vanity Fair Oscar party, just flowers everywhere. I like to throw it down on Easter. It's the queen's favorite holiday. I know it means a lot for her. She actually lost her brother, uh, who she was really close to, in April. And so it's a tough time of year for her because she experienced a lot of loss and their favorite holiday together where they would have like a little bake-off. And it was just a lot of memories associated with that. She loved Easter with him. And so we go all out for Easter because I know she's already in her feels thinking of her brother, my uncle, during that time. But also she loves spring. She's obsessed with flowers. Like that's her thing too. And so I like to throw it down and make it extra special. And so I, um, I bought all these fake florals. I got this green garland. I got it on Amazon like four strands of it. Each strand was like, I don't know, three or four feet. And then I got all these fake flowers that I found on clearance at Michael's. And I took the flowers and I cut them down so they'd be shorter. And I wove the flowers into this green garland. And then I got three pieces of plywood that were about the width of a ruler. I don't know, it was like two, three inches wide, not that wide. And I used that to frame the front door and the outside patio door. Typically, you could use alien tape. Alien tape is amazing, and it works pretty damn well. You could hold a lot of things with that. It's very strong. I like to put holes in the walls, which drives my dad nuts. <laughs> so I fucking screwed it into the wall, and he was like, God, I hate you. But it looks so pretty. So anyway, once I have the wood frame up, but you don't have to use a wood frame. If you don't want to put any holes in your wall, again, alien tape or use chicken wire. But I ended up framing off the front door and the back door, took this garland and just used a staple gun and stapled the shit out of this garland into this wooden frame, covering all the wood, of course. And then I added fresh baby's breath. I got some eucalyptus, fresh eucalyptus, and added that to beef it up a bit. Oh, it looked beautiful. So I framed the doors. It looked like a spring dream when you were walking up to the house. So beautiful. And then the back door, that's where we put all the drinks and the dessert table and everything. If you go out there, it was also decorated and just covered in flowers. And I kept the palette to pastel colors, lilacs, blush pink, all very soft springy tones. So I also covered the fireplace with beautiful garland and flowers and fake little butterflies. Like, it was so pretty. Oh, so for the display, I got these little bunnies at Target. They're in the dollar bin, super cheap, not that cute. They were plastic. The eyes were a little wonky on some of them. Like, one of the bunnies had a lazy eye. I was like, that's okay. So I'm going to spray paint them chocolate brown, make them look like little chocolate bunnies. They were so freaking cute. I used them in the mantle decor over the fireplace and I put a ton of like green ivy and flowers and butterflies. I'll be posting pictures about it because it was beautiful. 
But I also covered the banisters going up the stairs in flowers and green garland and eucalyptus and baby's breath. It was like the Rose Parade meets the Wizard of Oz. It was very over the top. It looks like we were on the set of some sort of a movie like Father of the Bride, Nancy Myers vibes. And I was very happy with the results. I was up to like three o'clock in the morning decorating like a psychopath. And so in the morning, the queen wakes up, goes down. And I'm like, look at your Easter paradise. She's like, oh my God, mijo. This is beautiful. Wow. Like you've really outdone yourself this year. And so I had her look at the the stairs and she goes, oh, I'm not going to be able to get down the stairs though. Like you have it covered in just so many flowers and butterflies and bunnies. And so she goes, we might need to take that off because, you know, it's going to be tough for people to get up and down the stairs. And I said, well, I think we should just leave it though. I mean, I, I put in all that work to make it beautiful. And she goes, well, no, like your uncle, you know, he's, you know, in his seventies and he needs something to hold on to, to get up the stairs. Like you can't even hold on to anything. Like he's going to fall. She's completely right. By the way, she makes complete sense. Of course, we should probably take it down because I was so obsessed with making everything perfect. And I didn't want to change my vision. I actually was a bit of an asshole. <laughs> I was like, I think he'll be fine. I think we could just take our chances and maybe he could hold on to the wall. She's like, what? No, Miho, like we we can't have all this garland going up the stairs. Like it's someone's going to get hurt. And I was like, really? Like I was a little bit irritated. And then I had to check myself because I'm like, hold on, back it up and wrap it up. What am I doing here? The whole point of me doing all this decor was to make her happy and to make it beautiful for my family. I don't want them to get hurt going up the stairs. I have little kids, also an elderly uncle. Like, I don't want them to fall. <laughs> they need something to hold on to. And so I had to just, you know, check myself in that moment and think, okay, I'm being way too perfectionistic. The whole point of this is for them. Yeah, let's take it down. I'll just put a few little butterflies, leave the guardrail exposed. It doesn't need to be covered in baby's breath and hundreds of flowers. <laughs> But even if you're not a perfectionist like I am, a lot of times if you're in party planning mode and you're being the host and you have a lot to do on your list and you're trying to get it all done, you want everything to be perfect, you lose sight of the actual whole point of the event. It's for everybody to have a memorable, incredible time. And sometimes things aren't going to be perfect and it's not going to look like a Nancy Myers movie. You know, I'm not going to have flowers going all the way up the stairs and into the bathroom. Like it was just, again, super over the top, not necessary, not practical. So I had to just recalibrate. In past experiences of party planning and throwing events, I've been so concerned with making sure everything looks so beautiful and meticulous. And so you never want to get in your head that much and become too perfectionistic because that energy, even in planning, it doesn't make it fun for anybody involved. And so I've really had to check myself. Even recently on Easter, I was like, oh, you're right, of course. And right away, I was like, Queen, I am so sorry. What the hell? Of course, I'm going to take it down. I want it to look beautiful and safe and also practical. And so, yeah, we'll remove that. And it was fine. She was cracking up. She was like, oh, my God, you little asshole. <laughs> What's wrong with you? So anyway, ended up looking beautiful without the garland even going up the stairs and into the bathroom. It was fine. But sometimes you just have to check yourself in that moment and not get too bogged down in the details or wanting everything to be super perfect, like type A personality, which I'm not. I'm typically not a type A guy at all. I am usually go with the flow. But when it comes to party planning, sometimes, you know, I become a little cuckoo. <laughs> Da 
Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started seeing a little bit more of your scalp? Has menopause impacted your hormones and your hairline? When it comes to thinning hair, there are many root causes at play, and Nutrafol addresses them through a multi-targeted whole-body approach. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. I'm excited to have Nutrafol as a sponsor because I use it. I love it. I'm a big fan of this company. I've noticed a big difference in my skin, nails, hair. Even my sleep has improved since I started taking this. Now I have the queen taking it too, and it has been a game changer for her hair. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code LOWLIFE. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code LOWLIFE. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code LOWLIFE. I love me a good edible moment. I talk about it all the time on this show. And so I was so excited that Via became a sponsor of the Low Life Podcast. Oh, this is a dream partnership because I love their edibles. They're so delicious. And they're coming on right in time for Valentine's Day. Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. We're talking about pairing aphrodisiac herbs with a mild amount of THC. Their best-selling High Love gummy will awaken your senses, increases the blood flow, and intensifies any sexual experience, even if it's a solo experience. It's going to be amazing with this gummy. The strawberry-flavored one is my favorite. They're vegan. Organic ingredients are used. They have zero THC products as well. So if you're not down for THC, that's okay, boo. Their CBD line is amazing too, which is really great for sleep, focus, and energy. Their products range from 2 milligrams to 50 milligrams of THC, so there's definitely something for everybody. My favorite part about this sponsor is that they ship to all 50 states legally with discreet packaging directly to your door. It makes it so easy breezy for you. No medical card required. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to ViaHemp.com and use the code LOWLIFE to receive 15% off plus one free sample of their Sleepy Dreams gummies, 21 and over. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com and use code LOWLIFE at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from ViaHemp. The second commandment for party planning that you have to keep in mind When you are throwing an event, hosting a party, even if it's just a small little get-together, a game night, no matter what the size of the party, it could be five people or 50 people, 500, it doesn't matter. You have to always remember that you must prioritize the five senses if you want to have a successful event. Five senses being sight, smell, taste, sound, and touch. This means you want your venue, wherever you're having it, whether a house, a restaurant, somebody else's house, you want it to be visually appealing, amazing when somebody walks in. It also should smell really pleasant. Make sure it smells great, whether it has candles or the food that you're cooking, throw some cookies in the oven, some toll house. It's little to no effort and the house will smell amazing. Also, making sure that there's some sort of a drink when people arrive. A welcome drink upon someone's arrival does make a big difference. The most important thing for me is sound, the music. Background music is everything. It's a deal breaker for a party or an event. Like if you're having a dinner, like have a little bit, not too loud. You want to be able to hear people talk, but something in the background, a good playlist with some upbeat bangers and read the room. Like depends on who's going to be at the party. Like I know, for example, for Christmas, we're going to have a nice Christmas dinner. Christmas Eve, it's popping off at Christmas Eve. 
that playlist, there's some salsa, merengue. There's a lot of Selena. I have Janet Jackson playing because I know my mom and her best friend, my Nina, they love some like 80s funk and soul, earth, wind and fire. That's more of a party vibe at Christmas Eve. But for a more intimate dinner type of setting, or if you don't want it to feel like a rager, you still need music background music. And there's tons of playlists on Spotify, but nothing too mellow because you don't want people to go into a dark place. Leave Adele off the soundtrack. You know, like sad music. No, like something more upbeat and up-tempo type of a feel is really important. And again, reading the room, a good eclectic mix where everybody's going to hear a song at some point during the party that will put a smile on their face and remind them of a really good time in their lives. The playlist needs at least 80 to 100 songs. I'll share some of mine on Spotify with you guys because I've made Tons of playlists. You also want to make sure that you have comfortable seating for everybody. If that means going to buy a couple throw blankets, like we have a couple family members that come over and they run a bit cold. We're prepared for that. We've got a couple throw blankets. I bought a beautiful basket. I got some blankets at TJ Maxx. They're super cute. I have them folded up burrito style, whole basket of blankets. If you want one, boom, they're there for you. But I also make sure that I have the room set up in a way where it opens up dialogue. So I prefer round tables over rectangular tables because it opens up conversation a lot better because then everybody could make eye contact with each other a lot easier than a rectangular table. Also, if you are going to be cooking, serving food at your party, I avoid scented candles. I don't like scented candles when I have food being served because it kind of fucks with the taste. I'm really sensitive to that. And I try and stay away from scented candles in general when I'm hosting because some people are really sensitive to smell. It gives some people a headache. It's not for everybody. And so rather than having to deal with people being like, oh, God, the smell or it's just a lot or it starts to compete with whatever I'm cooking in the kitchen, I don't need that. Scented candles are out. I like them in my own private life, in my home, but never when I'm hosting an event. The third commandment for my party planning putas out there is to let everybody shine. It's really important that everybody gets a chance to shine. Let everybody have pride in something that they can do. Now, this is a controversial point, and I understand why, because, okay, let me just break it down. A lot of people do potlucks, right? But I feel like I can't trust people when it comes to potlucks. If you're doing a family-style potluck and everyone's bringing a dish, you always have that person who's late. You always have the person who might be early, which I think is so rude to be early to an event. Just show up on time. Five minutes early is the max amount of early time without you looking like a psychopath. But also showing up super late is an asshole move, but some of my family members are notoriously late. We're Hispanics. A lot of them are freaking tardy to the party. I wonder if that's a minority thing. Are Caucasians dealing with that shit too? You guys late all the time too? Because (laughs) in our family, it's a thing. We have some members of our family who are super punctual. If you say it's at 6 p.m., they're pulling into the driveway at 5.59, ready to go. I actually appreciate that because I'm very punctual as well. But again, I can't control the situation. People are going to be late. It's a thing. I don't want it to ruin the festivities, but it makes it really hard to count on people for things like potlucks or people bringing shit to your party, like offering to help. I have learned, though, that people actually do want to bring something to a party. It's a thing, myself included. Like whenever I go to someone's dinner party or whatever, like I never want to show up empty handed. I like to bring something. I show up on time and I bring, you know, a bottle of wine or whatever they may need, but I'm actually not offended at all or think it's rude if someone's like, yeah, could you bring a dessert or do you mind picking up a good bottle of wine? Like, I love that because then I get to contribute something to the party. And I realize family members, friends, whenever I'm hosting something with my mom, people love feeling part of it. They really do. 
I remember uh, Thanksgiving we had a couple years ago, and I was helping with the planning. I was co-hosting it with my mom of the queen, and I had one of my aunts who was going to bring the appetizers. She was in charge for the vegetable tray, fruit tray. She was bringing a couple other appetizers for everybody to enjoy before dinner. And then I had a cousin who was going to bring all of the ice for the beverages, for the cocktail bar, ice for the waters and sodas and everything that we had. And so, so I was counting on them to bring these items, and hopefully they would show up on time but they didn't. And so they showed up when we were already eating dinner. And I was actually pretty frustrated because I'm like, I'm trying to throw a beautiful Thanksgiving here. My mom has been working her ass off in the kitchen. She got up at like five o'clock in the morning. I've been up with her, helping her decorate, prepare everything and get this place in tip top shape, ready to host a beautiful Thanksgiving dinner. And now we got warm drinks. We didn't have ice and nobody got appetizers. And then when you walked in with them late, we're already having dinner. And so it was awkward because you came in with all your shit and it just wasn't an ideal situation. So my frame of mind after that happened was I'm never going to let this happen again because I'm just going to take care of everything. No more potluck styles. If someone says, can I bring something? I'll say, just bring a bottle of wine. Like nothing that could impact the flow, the vibe of this party or this dinner or whatever. Like I'll just take care of everything, the decor, the food, the appetizers, the ice, because I don't want warm drinks if someone shows up late or one time someone forgot the desserts. Oh, I forgot the desserts at my place. Shit. Let me go back home and grab the desserts and I'll come back. Well, now we're going to miss you from the party. So that sucks. So I was a bit jaded when it came to people helping out. <laughs> also, you could become a control freak if you end up wanting to take all the responsibility on. You pair a control freak behavior with perfectionism. Oof, it's not the vibe. You could come across neurotic. And so I had to dial myself back, back it up and wrap it up. I talked to the queen. I said, how the hell do you plan these beautiful events? Everybody always has a good time. You've become the hub for every party, 4th of July, every barbecue, every graduation. Everybody wants you to host it. You do such a good job of it. Like, how are you doing this? I need to know your secrets, queen, because whenever I try and do it on my own, people are letting me down. It becomes a bit stressful. I don't want to rely on anybody. And I'd rather just do it all myself. But I know you actually get help from people. And she said, Miho, listen, I know it's frustrating if someone doesn't show up on time or they put you behind the eight ball, that sort of thing. Sure. But now I've been so strategic in how I work the schedule out. Like as a host, I'm on top of that time. And one trick that she does is she staggers the start times depending on each family member and friend who is attending. I was like, oh, damn, so we're just catfishing people. <laughs> but it works. And so, for example, I have this one aunt who's always super late. So she's going to get an earlier start time. So by the time she actually does show up, which is usually like an hour to an hour and a half later than what time we hoped she'd be there. Now, because we told her an earlier time, by the time she gets there, it's actually perfect. So she has the staggering of different times down to a science. Like, oh, you can come at this time and you show up at that time. And she says it all worked out. So everything runs pretty smoothly. And I understand if you're listening to this and you're like, Lo, I'm not going to give different people different times. Like, that's just too much for me. And sometimes I don't even know if this person's late or early. I get that, sure. My mom has had those situations happen too. So now when it comes to people helping, pitching in for events, whether it be bringing appetizers, desserts, an entree, whatever, she will have them bring it earlier. Like for me, for example, even doing the flower arrangements, which that's usually my responsibility is decor. The queen knows my schedule for the most part, and I know I have a ton of fittings and photo shoots and shit that I have to do. I'm not going to have a lot of time to do the flowers. Sometimes I'll do the flower arrangements three or four days in advance. My aunt will drop off her appetizer platter the night before, 
and drinks and ice so she doesn't have to worry about it and we could take care of the rest and set it up for her. And people don't mind dropping things off earlier in the day or the day before even because it makes it easy for them. They're like, oh, sure, yeah, I'll just drop it off. Great, then I'll have to come in with it. I could show up late if I want to the event. Our family members and friends love to do that. The fourth put the party planning commandment is prep work is everything. Oh, it is so important. And I've realized now in waiting to the last minute sometimes or just choosing to do it all the day of that prep work really is a huge game changer. You're going to save so much time and money if you brain drain, write everything out and prep everything. I'm talking the menu, the decor, make a list of everything ahead of time and get as much done as possible before the actual day of the event or the holiday. Even if you think you're going to have time the day to do it, trust me, something will happen. Something comes up. You'll be distracted. Like you won't get it done. And then you'll feel disappointed. Prep as much as you possibly can. Even when it comes to washing your vegetables, cut everything up, chop that lettuce, peel the garlic and onions, make your floral arrangements ahead of time. The more you can do ahead of time really saves you the day of the event. I'm all about leveling up with my lowlifers this year. As a fashion stylist, the first place I want to start, of course, is leveling up your closet. But I don't want you to break the bank. You don't got to spend a lot of money, honey. Design on a dime, boo. You can still elevate your closet on a budget. We want you to save some money here. So I'm happy to have Quince as a sponsor. They are here for us. They're going to take good care of us. At Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at affordable prices. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Oh, they're amazing. I bought these beautiful silk pillowcases for my bed. I got a cute jacket, a cozy cashmere cardigan, and navy blue joggers I'm obsessed with. These are staple pieces for my closet that will not go out of style, and I was able to save some money. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash lowlife for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash lowlife to get free shipping and 365-day returns, quince.com slash lowlife. Is your New Year's resolution to find time-saving solutions so you can spend less time doing things like grocery shopping and more time with your little one? As a busy parent, I'm always looking for products and brands that will make my life easier. What is one change that's easy to make that will make your life easier in 2024? Little Spoon. Little Spoon delivers fresh, healthy meals and snacks that your kiddo will love for every eating stage. Little Spoon is a one-stop shop for healthy, easy mealtime and snack time for your baby, toddler, and big kid, delivered right to your door. Their goal is to make keeping your kid healthy feel like the easiest part of your day so that you can cut through all the drama of mealtime. Time-saving and convenient without compromise. Little Spoon delivers baby blends, biteables, plates, smoothies, snacks, and lunchers. Kids love it, and you will too. It's all so fresh, so delicious, and made with the cleanest, high-quality ingredients. Did I mention it all comes right to my door? So flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. I pick the menu and change it up what I order every time. The price is right, the quality is unmatched. I love it, my kids love it, the grandparents love it, and I know all you lowlifers will love it too. A huge win-win-win for my family, and it can also be for yours. Simplify your kiddo's mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash lowlife and enter our code lowlife at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. The 
the fifth and final commandment to becoming an incredible party planning puta is remembering that presentation is everything. We're making chicken salad out of chicken shit here. You can really be creative and elevate, make anything look upscale. And it's really easy to do that on a budget. You don't have to spend a lot of money for something to look expensive. Trust me. Some of the arrangements that I've made are super cheap and people think they're very expensive and they probably would be expensive. At a florist, they charge a fortune for flowers if you were to go through a florist. Having a beautiful tablescape, serving a meal, even if it's not expensive, it's not like top sirloin steak, filet mignon type of a thing, that's okay. You don't need to serve that expensive food. You can save money on food. You can save money on decor, design on a dime because it all comes down to presentation. There's so many Instagram accounts out there, these influencers, and like that's all they do is make things beautiful. They're always making like coffee bars and cocktail bars and hot dog stations. And I actually do love all of that. I think it's really cute. And again, it's not expensive and it really elevates the meal. I just did a taco bar and it was the cutest thing. And everybody was like, oh my God, this is so nice. I love it. Filled it with fresh salsas, three different types of salsas, a really spicy one, a green mild, and then a delicious sweet peach mango salsa that I made from scratch. I did those three salsas. I did chicken tacos with grilled pollo asado. It was a cilantro lime chicken marinade that I did. And then I made taquitos, but they were filled with potato, which are delicious. And I did them in the air fryer. All of the ingredients, everything that I used, it was not expensive at all. I had a party of 25 people that I was feeding. And I did beans and rice and this salsa station and this taco bar. People loved it. I made a fresh guacamole and I took the avocados and the shell, the skin of the avocado was cut in half. I gutted it and used the avocado as an actual serving dish. It looked really cute. And I put a little cilantro on top of that. And so you could get your own little avocado bowl, if you will. So I was able to do something cute and creative with it. People were taking pictures. They're like, oh my God, this is so cute. Like it was a big hit. Also, when it comes to how you display your food, I like there to be different heights and textures. And so I've invested in tablecloths. I have white ones, black ones. I have a ton of different colors and I buy them in sets of four or five because I use them for like the dessert table, the main table, drinks, like that sort of thing. And what's nice about these tablecloths is I'll layer them. I have a six foot table and I'll take Amazon boxes, small ones, medium ones, and a large one. And I create different heights with all the boxes laid flat. I cover those with tablecloths. And then when I put out like my taquitos on one platter, those are going to be on the medium box. And then my salsas are going to be on the smaller one. So there's some height difference. And then the taller one is going to be my beans, rice, and chips. And it's all covered. So you can't see the boxes, obviously, because it's covered with the tablecloth. And then I put flowers throughout that. And so when you walk in, it's like this bountiful buffet. It looks incredible. But people always assume like it was professionally catered (laughs) or I'm like over the top with it, but it was really easy to do. The most expensive part about that display were the tablecloths, but they're not even that expensive. I got each tablecloth for like a 10 foot tablecloth was like 30 or 40 bucks a piece, but I use them all the time for every event. Another way that I've been able to save some money, design on a dime Mexican Martha Stewart moment is by keeping everything pretty monochromatic. If you don't want to spend a lot of money on flowers, you don't have to. That's okay. Utilizing fresh fruits and vegetables. Get that produce on the table. It is a game changer. It keeps things monochromatic and it looks very chic. And it's also very budget friendly. And I started doing this years ago. A florist friend of mine, he was incredible at tablescapes. And he would do all these weddings. And to cut costs for the bride and groom, sometimes roses are very expensive. Depends on the season when you're trying to get them. 
but he would try and cut costs. And one way he did that was by utilizing fresh produce and the arrangements to fill them up as the base. And so I took that party trick and I was like, that looks so beautiful. He did this arrangement for a fall wedding and it was like a cranberry red, deep red type of color scheme that they were going with, with rich chocolate browns and loved it. But the roses were too expensive. And so he ended up taking these red Macintosh apples that were perfect color that he needed for the tablescape, put a little skewer on the bottom of the apple, added some fresh greenery, and then put in just a few red roses. But he created these gorgeous arrangements. He added some grapes in there too. They looked very bountiful. It looked gorgeous for the table and put votive candles around that. And people loved it. And so I took that little floral hack and I've been using it for the last eight years in my arrangements when I need to save money on flowers. And so I ended up doing this last year for summer, actually. My color scheme was yellow. I wanted to be very bright and cheerful for this barbecue that I was hosting. Didn't have a lot of money for flowers because I spent way too much money on booze and other things. And so I had to cut costs somewhere. Flowers had to go. So what I ended up doing was I got a bag of lemons and a grower's bunch from Trader Joe's. You can get random grower's bunch flowers from any grocery store. I took the lemons, skewered them with kebab sticks, cut them down, and I created these cute, perfect little yellow arrangements in these pave vases that I had gotten from the Dollar Tree. The Dollar Tree, these buckets, they were like little planter buckets and they were like a terracotta color, which I didn't want that color. So I spray painted them a matte white and then I added the yellow lemons and some little flowers and some greenery, put a little yellow ribbon around the base of it and put them on the table. People loved them. I remember my aunt was like, could I take one of these home? This would be so pretty in my kitchen. I love this bright, cheerful arrangement. And I know the cost of it would have been so expensive if it came from a florist, but it looked legit, looked professional. And so I've been able to utilize fruits like oranges, even putting fresh fruit on the table, like a bowl of fresh fruit and putting a few flowers in between that. It does look really pretty and people love it. Another way to save money on florals is by utilizing your desserts as decoration. I've done that many times because it does cut costs and it does look very chic. And so I made these cupcakes, frosted vanilla cupcakes, but I frosted them, this white vanilla frosting, I added a little bit of red dye. And so it became this blush pink frosting and I frosted the cupcakes to make them look like roses. And so I had all these little rose cupcakes decorating the center of the table. Then I had some fresh eucalyptus and a little tiny bits of flowers sprinkled throughout that in little vases that I had gotten from the 99 cent store. This particular tablescape cost me all of $30, including the cake mix, the frosting, the flowers, everything. It was pretty damn cheap, but looked very elevated. Also utilizing fake florals once in a while. There's some shitty ones that look very fake, but if you spend, that's the thing. Fake flowers could actually get pretty expensive. Sometimes they have great coupons at Michael's or your local craft store, but I've invested in getting some high quality florals that look very real and I've had them for years and I will incorporate some of these fake florals into my real flower arrangements and nobody can tell the difference, especially if you're mixing it with some real greenery and some cheaper flowers. I have some white lilies and I'll mix those in just to beef up my arrangements. And so that works as well and looks very cute. 
One of my low lifers, Olivia Schrader, she wrote me on Facebook and she said, Lo, I'm begging for help with my boyfriend's 40th birthday, thinking August, distillery, indoor, outdoor space, 50-ish people. I want it to look effortlessly great. I don't like white tablecloths. I don't know if I should cook or get catering or a mixture of both. The venue is providing the booze. Oh, that's great. Decor, I am lost and overwhelmed. I don't want it to be super fancy and I don't want it to be shitty either. I just want it to be really nice. I need help. Okay, queen, help is on the way. So I'm actually a fan of white tablecloths because it makes me feel like I'm on the top deck of the Titanic, but I get some people love an exposed table, especially if it's like a wooden table. I actually prefer that over a tablecloth. So I feel you on that one. Don't worry about getting linens. That will save you money there. In regards to cooking or catering, I would do a mixture of both. You prepare the appetizers, make a few charcuterie boards, a vegetable platter, that sort of thing. You can skewer mozzarella, tomato, basil with a little balsamic drizzle. Those look really pretty on a platter. But then maybe for the main entrees, if you're going to have actual food you're serving, you know, dinner style, then you could have that catered. And I would keep it to like pastas, an Italian style meal. It's a lot easier to feed like 50 people. As for the decor, pick one color. Keep it pretty monochromatic. For this one, if it's a venue, I don't know what the decor is at this particular venue. It's a distillery, an indoor-outdoor space. And so when it comes to the tables, I would keep it fresh greens, fragrant greens like eucalyptus on the table. Lay some eucalyptus out on that table. Put some beautiful pillar candles or votives, depending on the height. Because it's your boyfriend's 40th birthday, it'd be really cute if you got photos. Print them out on Polaroid paper. You can make them look like vintage photos and put a bunch of photos throughout the table. And you could have these little stands, these easels that you can put the Polaroid photo on. They're around 10 bucks for a pack of 15. So you could end up decorating the table with pictures of him at different phases of his life, pictures of his friends, family, you guys as a couple. It's very cute. It also makes for a great point of conversation. People love to see pictures. They could end up taking taking a photo home with them. It's just a sweet little personal touch that really gets the conversation going. And it just feels very special, especially because it's a big birthday. It's a milestone. It's his 40th. Less is always more. So if you have fresh eucalyptus on the table, some candles, if you want to cut up some flowers, add them to the vases and you could have those throughout with the candles. It's simple, chic, and thoughtful, and it doesn't look cheap at all. I would actually consider getting a table runner. I don't know how many tables you have and the size or whatever, but I love table runners. They could be very expensive though. So one party pack that's really saved me budget-wise is instead of buying a table runner from like a Williams-Sonoma, Crate and Barrel, or if you order them at like a professional party place, it could get expensive. Some of these table runners I was looking at for a six to 10 foot table are like 100 to $185. I was like, damn, that's so expensive. So I ended up just going to a fabric store. I got however many yards of fabric to cover the table. And then I had it cut in half. So it was the exact size of a table runner. Then I spent $25 with my seamstress who took care of all the frayed edges and made sure it was just a nice clean finish. I spent all of 50 bucks total for a runner but it was custom, the exact color that I wanted, and I've now bought several that I use all the time. So if you do have an exposed table and it's wood, sometimes it's nice to add a little pop of color with a runner, and you could do that by simply just going to your fabric store and creating one on your own. I would avoid linen because it does wrinkle very easily, but just go with like a cheap polyester, a silk poly blend, rayon, anything like that. You're good to go. You can throw it in the dryer to get the wrinkles out, and it looks very chic. Good luck with your party planning, Olivia. If you need any other tips or tricks or want to run ideas by me, you could always shoot me a DM or hit me up in the Facebook group because I'm there too. 
Also, it looks really cute to have a candy station. And I've noticed that kids love it, adults love it at any age. Having a candy station, a fun little dessert area, looks very cute at a party. And people always use it for a photo op. And so I bought these jelly beans. You could get any color jelly bean any time of the year, and they're very cheap. And I fill up these clear glass vases with jelly beans, depending on whatever the theme color is. I put flowers on the top of the jelly beans. You could put a spoon if people are into eating them. But they do look very cute on the table, mixed with flowers and a bunch of desserts and cupcakes. And again, put all the different heights. It looks very beautiful, plentiful, and makes you feel like you're in a Nancy Myers movie. That's the whole point. That's why I'm doing all this shit. I just want to live my best life, main character energy, feeling like I'm in a fucking Nancy Myers film. I hope these tips and tricks have helped you. At the end of the day, when it comes to planning a party, you want everybody to have a good time. So make people feel part of it. Get creative. Have some fun. And put your own little spin on it, your own little personal touch, because then it makes it feel really special for everybody attending. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Low Life Podcast. I hope you enjoyed our little solo mission. If you have any questions or you want to run anything by me, you could always ask it in the Low Life Facebook group or slide into my DMs and I can get back to you there. I'm having so much fun doing this podcast. This podcast has been a game changer for me. It means so much to me. I have the most incredible listeners. My low lifers, creme de la creme, top tier, top deck of the Titanic sort of people. Best of the best. I'm really grateful to have this community of kings and queens who are so supportive and encouraging and embrace this podcast for the hot mess that it is. <laughs> None of us have our shit together, really, though. None of us have it figured out. So it's nice that we can navigate these waters together and have conversations with meaningful dialogue. And I could introduce you to some of my friends and family members and the thought leaders and entrepreneurs. And I just love doing this so much, but I wouldn't be able to do this podcast without you. So thank you so much from the bottom of my spicy little heart for tuning in every single week, sharing this podcast with your friends and family, your loved ones. I really appreciate it. The best way to help a podcast out, if you're enjoying a show and you want to support it, the number one way to make an impact, it's a small gesture, but it really makes a big difference, is leaving a review on Apple Podcast. Oh, it's a game changer for podcasts. Any podcast you love, if you enjoy it, leaving that review helps with the algorithm, the analytics. It helps with sponsorship opportunities, which is the backbone financially of a podcast. So, of course, using the sponsor codes helps on the financial side. But to keep this podcast show afloat, leaving those reviews, it really helps. And so thank you for taking the time to do that. I have kings and queens who will leave a review every single week. Boom, just drop one there for me to support the show and keep it going. So thank you for taking the time to do that. And these reviews could be anything you want them to be. You could leave a little dick emoji for me, a salsa dancer, a unicorn. You could actually write something or answer the question of the week. This week's question of the week is, do you want kids? You down for some babies? <laughs> you down to birth a child from your vagine or adopt? Or you could always use a surrogate. I just want to know if you want to have kids. How are you feeling about that right now? Because a lot of the people who I've talked to in my world are on the fence about it. And some of them definitely do not want kids. And I'm also still doing my research for my mommy shaming episode. So if you have any mommy shaming stories or you want to nominate someone, not someone who's a mommy shamer. <laughs> Can you imagine? People just start saying, I'd like to nominate my sister-in-law. She's a fucking bitch <laughs> who mommy shames me. Oh, shit. 
No, if you have a story or know of someone who has a story, uh, drop it in the review section of Apple Podcasts, and I'll be picking the top stories to share on the podcast, and those people will be getting a very special Mother's Day gift. I also want to show my thanks and gratitude to my lowlifers who have left a review. So if you want a chance to win a little something, something, all you got to do is drop a review on Apple Podcasts and leave your Instagram handle somewhere in the review because I might just be sliding into your DMs and sending you a little something, something from the Low Life Gifting Suite, which includes hyaluronic serums, shit you didn't know you need from Amazon that I'm obsessed with, gift cards, gifts from our sponsors, gas cards, Target gift cards. There's a lot of amazing gifts I'm sending out. It's my love language. And so if you want a chance to win something, again, leave that review on Apple Podcasts. All right, first review was coming in hot from at Sissy Buglet. Oh, I love it. Sissy Buglet. Her name is actually Natalie. And her IG handle is Sissy Buglet. S-I-S-S-Y-B-U-G-G-L-E-T. Natalie, the Sissy Buglet writes, five stars, MJ Deep Dive, please. Lo, I am so far behind on all podcasts, but listening to the episode with you and your friend talking about Aaron Carter. Oh, I too believe that Michael is innocent. Oh, very controversial issue, Queen. But yes, we are on the same page with that one. (laughs) Unpopular opinion. Yeah, we both think that MJ is innocent. I too believe that Michael is innocent. I think that he was just misunderstood. And these people took advantage because they knew he was a little weird and they could easily make a case. Can you please do a deep dive into MJ? Thank you for being a light in this world. I love you, Lo. Oh, Queen, I love you too. And love that you share a very controversial opinion with me (laughs) about Michael freaking Jackson, because I've definitely received some backlash for loving Michael. He's a polarizing figure. I get it. And it's a very triggering type of issue to even talk about. But yes, absolutely. Say no more. We will do an MJ deep dive. I would love to. And I'll be inspired to do it after I go to the Janet Jackson concert in May. So that's perfect timing. Maybe I'll get my little Canadian Maple Delight to do an MJ deep dive with me because I know she loves Michael too. Next review is coming in hot from at B. Sherm, B-S-H-E-E-R-M. B. Sherm writes, five stars. Lo, I love your podcast and you're so relatable, quick-witted, and I think everyone needs a low in their life. Thank you for the weekly pods. You are so welcome, Queen. I want this podcast to be a positive space. Not a toxic positivity type of space, because I've listened to some shows and I'm like, you're probably miserable, but you're coming off like you're just so happy and I could see right through that. (laughs) I could sense the bullshit a mile away. Like, I don't like that type of vibe. I always just want to keep it 100 and we're not always going to be happy. Sometimes shit is tough in life and I'm going through it just like you are. And so, yeah, full transparency here. Thank you for that review at B. Sherm. I love you, queen or king. I'm not sure based on that name. Or right, we have time for one more review. And this one is coming in hot from at Pete18. I looked her up on Instagram and her name is actually Brittany Peterson. So Brittany Peterson writes, street names, five stars low. Never have I cackled so abruptly by you saying your street name is Seaman Demon. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, fuck, I forgot I said that. I will be using that forever, literally on a walk trying to induce labor when you hit me out of nowhere with that one, had me hunched over laughing, just worrying all the neighbors. Your wide range of humor always keeps me laughing. Thank you for being such a positive light in this world. Happy Easter. She gave me a little bunny and some flowers, and that is Pete 18 Brittany Peterson, you pregnant, beautiful queen, thank you for appreciating my sick, twisted sense of humor. 
I didn't realize my humor is a bit dark and twisted. I didn't know that. Jason actually told me that. He's like, oh, yeah, you're one twisted fucker. <laughs> I was like, really? He's like, yeah, Lo, you have a really dark sense of humor. I mean, he gets it. He loves it, too. Like, we're good. We're on the same page. But he said he wouldn't describe his humor as a dark sense of humor, but he loves it in me. So we're good. <laughs> Sometimes I get in my head a little bit when I do episodes because I'm like, oh, shit. My aunt's listening to this, and she's going to know my street name was Seaman Demon or freaking Cum Dumpster. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God. But you know what? I'm a grown-ass man, and I'm living my truth. And thank you, Brittany, for appreciating that. And on that note, I hope you have a beautiful weekend ahead. Maybe start planning a party or a wedding or, oh, I actually had a divorce dinner, which was really fun. Oh, yeah, we had a beautiful divorce dinner that I hosted for a friend. Who <laughs> was so excited to finally sign the papers to her divorce. God, she married a real asshole. And so that was a really special, fun party. So yeah, maybe this weekend you might want to do a little party planning, go get your nails done, have a delicious margarita with some tahine around the rim, masturbate, apply your serums, but don't forget to drink your water, puta. We, we love, love you. you and we're out. <laughs> Bye. Bye guys. <laughs>